ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Jerks Wrestling Podcast. After a one-week hiatus, the boys are back at the Lamb Show. Nick Dayus in the building on the ones and twos in the host position. And joining me, as always, the bearded one, Ernie, the enforcer. Oh, it's, oh, it's been a while. The, uh, the fire spitter, too sweet to be bitter. Your boy Ernie back in the building. My guy Ernie back in the building. That's a fact, fact, double facts. That's how you know it's real. Justin, the wrestling classic, is not with us today. Uh, he is fine. Just had a family emergency he needs to attend to. But he will be back next week because I think it's been like a, like a couple of weeks since he's been on with us, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, last week, we didn't have an episode. Then the week before, it was you and I again. Uh, something came up. So it will be a, sort of a reunion, I guess, uh, next week. So tune in. Yeah, man. I just want to I want to kind of like do uh, take care of some housekeeping stuff. Um, you know, the reason why there was no episode last week, for those of you that know me and know the platforms that I'm on as far as Veterans Minimum and Degeneration Bets goes, uh, the shows have gotten a complete makeover. Um, you know, shortly after the jerks got a makeover with Ernie and I, with Frank leaving the show, um, a couple of the other guys, life has just happened and things have just happened where, you know, Either a new job or a new opportunity has presented itself or they rather just talk about the things they want to talk about or just leave podcasting entirely. Um, and, you know, uh, like I've told Ernie many times, I'm not in the business of forcing anyone to do anything. I've told Ernie on many different occasions, like, hey, man, if at any point you feel like don't you don't want to do the wrestling show. Don't feel like this is an obligation. And that's just kind of how I live my life, uh, to pull the curtain back a little bit. Um, with all that being said, I'm not going to lie to the fans of the jerks. Ernie and I and Justin are discussing what the next direction of the show is going to be as well. Um, one thing that we did do is we have canceled the Patreon. And for the people that donated, you know who you are. Please, please Get in touch with either Ernie or myself on Twitter. Hit us up. Message us. I'm going to give you back your money because it's not fair to you. Uh, we sincerely appreciate the support. There's a good amount of you. Um, you are going to get refunded. It's the least that I could do. It's the least that Ernie could do because we were not able to fully, fully give you what we promised you when it came to the Patreon. Um there were supposed to be many things on there that were promised, and we did not deliver. So with that being said, we're not going to hustle you. We're not going to just take your money and go, take our ball and go home. <laughs> but we're going to give it back. So to those Patreon members, I'll keep it private. Hit me up at The Lamb Show. Hit us up at The Jerks Pod, and we'll go from there. Ernie, um, you know, we've. Uh, I like to be very transparent and authentic with my audience, no matter who it is. Um and we've had many conversations about what the direction of the show is going to be because, you know, not for nothing, guys, wrestling is about to change in about six weeks with the format of the shows as well. So we need to figure out what our schedules is going to be like also, Ernie. Yeah, the uh, the landscape of the business is uh, it's changing for sure. You know, with uh, with NXT being aired live on the USA Network on Wednesday nights, then you have AEW going live on TNT. Uh, SmackDown moving to Fridays on Fox. You know, it's uh, they're shuffling the deck, and it's going to be a, a very interesting time to be a wrestling fan. But at the same time, 
for us doing the show, we're going to have to figure out our next move and uh, figure out what's best for us and for our listeners as well. It's just so weird to be placing the shows when they're placing the shows. Um, you know, like, not for nothing, I love wrestling, but I don't know if I'm going to want to stay in on a Friday night when I don't really go out there in the weekdays to watch wrestling. Yeah. Um, I struggle watching wrestling on Monday nights, especially during the football season. I do a lot of watching with just a TV silent or wrestling silent, and I kind of watch more. Um, yeah. And I observe more, but I don't listen because I like to watch, you know, Monday Night Football and whatnot. Um, uh-huh. Last thing I want to address is, you know, I kind of have to go all in on Veterans Minimum. Now I am the uh, sole owner and, you know, the one of the co-founders and owners of Veterans Minimum. And it's just a lot of different avenues that I'm in. You know, D-Generation Bets is being narrowed down to one show a week and... You know, there's some of you that might not listen to those shows, and that's fine because this is a wrestling show and you're going to get wrestling here. But there are a lot of things that are being kind of shuffled behind the scenes and a lot of cool stuff. I'm very excited for them. Um, This is what I've wanted. This is what I've always wanted. And, you know, my guy Ernie holds me down in many, many different ways. Just being an ear to hear my bullshit, whether it's good or bad BS. So I want to publicly just uh, thank you for that, Ernie, as well. Oh, of course, man, anytime, you know, and it's like, you know, for those out there that, you know, obviously, you know, Nick, as well as you do listening to him all these years, um, you know, Nick is very goal driven and he's somebody that's very, once he sets his mind to something, you know, it's going to take a lot for him to take his mind off of it. So, you know, um, I'm very anxious, very curious and very uh, hopeful that Nick is going to just do his thing, man. He has a lot of stuff on his plate. And like he said, you know, Veterans minimum. Now you're the sole owner. It's a it's a big deal. It's a, it could be a lot of pressure, but uh, if anybody can uh, pull through and just make the best out of that situation and, and just really really move forward, it's Nick, man. I appreciate that, and you know it seems like the last couple of days people have been putting me over, and I'm not just uh, asking these questions or asking for thoughts. So that could be the case. I just uh, yeah, you're right. You know, like. Some people's goals and visions have changed. Mine have stayed steady. And uh, mine is uh, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to where I want to get to. Um, I love doing the wrestling show. I still watch wrestling. I still love watching wrestling. And, you know, it's just that certain things. This was not a conversation we were having two months ago because, you know, we added Justin to the show and the show's been crushing. You know, Ernie and I were messing around the other day. We're like, Dude, our last episode did, like, pay-per-view numbers. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> and we were trying to figure out, like, what was the case? I guess people liked the open forum conversations about, like, you know, is too much wrestling enough wrestling? Or, or you know, how much wrestling is too much wrestling? But, you know, every now and then I like to pull the curtain back and let people in a little bit because I, I feel better talking about things to people that support, you know, and... It's a pretty cool thing to have built all these years across all platforms. I know this kind of sounds like a goodbye, guys, with the jerks, but it's not. Like, we'll be back next week, guaranteed. It's just that I want to, I like to be authentic with people that support me. And I want everyone to know where I stand with things. It's just that we are weighing all options. We are considering many, many things. And we want to be able to give you guys the best show possible. 
So with all that being said, I think we we've, you know, spat enough bars about life sort of, Ernie. Um let's get into it, man. People want to hear some wrestling. We've kept them long enough. Ernie, AEW pay-per-view over the weekend. You know how some of these jerks out there, they love it when we talk about everything that's not WWE. I'll be right. honest with you. I did not watch anything but a thread on Twitter about the Young Bucks match and how one of the Jackson brothers almost died because his leg got caught in like the top rope. Ooh, wow. Yeah, I heard about that one. I heard it was pretty rough. Um, I heard good things about the event. I tried to follow it while I was at work. I, I, I did see one match in full, though. Um, I, I saw Pac and uh, Kenny Omega which was an, uh, an incredible match, those two. Um, and it was it was a substitution because uh, uh, the original opponent for Kenny Omega was John Moxley, but as we know, he uh, he has an injury that he's dealing with. Uh, he's going to be cleared, ready to go by the time they reach uh, TNT in October. But, um, you know, they had a replacement. I think Pac, formerly Neville, was a suitable opponent for him, and man, they they killed him, and they had a tremendous match, very hard hitting, very very quick paced, and um, yeah, man, it was just. I mean, I I wish I, I watched the entire event because it seemed like there was a lot of stuff going on. I saw, I mean, I saw clips. You know, Justin, our boy, Wrestling Classic, he posted a lot of clips, so I was following through him, and it was just, uh, yeah, man, it just all things considered, the crowd was hot, and they put on a good show. So at the end of the day. That's what matters for uh, this company. What did you think about Chris Jericho losing his belt? You know, man, that's been the topic of conversation for the past day ever since the news broke. Um, that's hilarious, man. I mean, only I mean, it feels like you know Chris Jericho is just uh, he just got caught up in the wrong situation, I guess, by leaving it in his limo while he went to go eat. You know, things happen. You know, but it's one of those things where you don't hear about it all the time a championship belt being stolen. But, um, you know, luckily they, they found the belt. The latest word is that they've regained the uh, possession of it and uh, they will be returning it to Jericho. But, you know, it, it's funny. I mean, they created a lot of buzz, a lot of uh, funny tweets. So, uh, yeah. You know, uh, being the betting man that I am, I would have bet a lot of money, Ernie, that Jericho would have won that first championship for AEW. I think so because I think when you have a guy that's already established, I think no, no, go ahead. Yeah, no, when you have a guy that's already been so established in other companies and won world titles and all that, I mean, you want to set things off right and have him an, an established guy. Like, and he's already a made man. So if you want to bring some prestige to that title right off the bat, you've got to you know look no further. I also just think like you know piggybacking off what you said. It just makes sense for you to debut him as your champion. Right. Also, think about the promos he'll be cutting. I beat Austin and The Rock twice in one night. I was the first undisputed champ. I was this. Yeah. I was that. And, you know, uh, longest longest amount of time lasted in Royal Rumbles. And I've won belts in Mexico and Japan and all this. Yeah. And now I'm the first ever champion. It's like it's just gold, man. It was yeah, a layup. For, for for a guy like Jericho, especially when he's a heel, it's just more bragging rights. You know that's his thing, so nobody does it better. Yeah, man, and it it does make sense. Um, you know, also not for nothing, Jericho has been around for a long time. So when someone who 
is a casual wrestling fan tunes in to see like, yo, what's this AEW shit about, right? And it's going to get some casual bystanders to tune in. If they see a guy like Jericho, like my buddy Alan, who's been on VM many times and uh, he used to be a bigger mark back in the day. Um, he was like, dude, Jericho's in AEW? That's like kind of crazy, no? And then we talked about it and whatnot. And it's just, it's going to bring a different kind of appeal because not for nothing. Uh, I hope all you indie marks that are listening to this are sitting down when I say this. There's no one bigger in that company than him. Off, yeah. off like namesake and value. Like, I'm not saying, you know, Kenny Omega can have five star matches and all that shit. And I get that. But, like, uh-huh. yo, no one's on his level as far as popularity. Exactly. I mean, when you think about Chris Jericho, when you, when you think about future Hall of Famers, former world champions, I mean, he is the most decorated star in that company. And, um, at the same token, it's a very ballsy move, I would I would say, for AEW to make him the first champion. Because remember, he's turning 49 in November, you know? So it's like he's up there in age, but at the same time, this guy, he keeps finding ways to reinvent himself. And, like, just uh, he's always ahead of the curve, I feel like, especially in, in the ever – it's a quick pace that pro wrestling cuts, you know, with, like, it just, everything is constantly moving and changing and growing. And Jericho always seems to be kind of like ahead of it. Like he's, he's like ahead of his time almost. And he, he knows where the business will go before it kind of goes there. So, you know, Jericho, he's uh, I can't say enough good things about him. And he's uh, one of one of my all time favorites. And absolutely I agree with you when you say that he is the most um, high profile guy they have. I'm trying to think of what else there was. Um, oh, he got his belt stolen. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like at first I thought it was a storyline because they just see. I've never heard of it happening before, but when it did happen, I was thinking to myself, like, if I was a cha- like Nick, let me ask you: if you were a champion of your promotion, would you leave a like? It sounded like he just left his like because he picked up the wrong luggage, and I get that. You know, go have the limo guy return it and come back. Would you leave something that valuable in a limo while you go eat, bro? I would. I think I would bring it with me, just out of like, um, I don't know, paranoia maybe, because <laughs> you know it's a. I think it's it's a badge of honor. I think it's an accomplishment. You work to be a champion, no matter uh-huh. what kind of. That's like winning a Super Bowl ring, and just like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna just toss this shit like to the side. It's like, no, you probably, you'll probably wear it. You'll probably do the the high school state championship thing where you kind of get like a, uh, like the dog tag necklace kind of right. like let it dangle like that. I think I'd yeah. be a little more careful with it, especially when you're a grizzled vet like he is. Although right. And although I do understand leaving it behind because if you're going inside a, a, a restaurant, especially a chain restaurant, like uh, where do you go? Longhorn steakhouse. You know, if you, if people don't recognize you already, I'm sure they, they will at least approach you or, look in your direction if you if you're carrying or if they see a championship there it's going to draw attention so if, if you're going to go out to eat and you're by yourself and you want a little bit of privacy i i guess you know leaving it behind would be a better uh move sorry i just got a uh notification for uh some nba story i got a little distracted um yeah you saw the greeks lost yesterday to brazil I heard about that. I didn't watch it, but I, oh I did hear about that. God, I put a, I made a financial investment on Greece to win FIBA. 
<laughs> love their odds. I, I like that they have Giannis, best player in the tournament, in my opinion. And dude took seven shots, and it's like, what the hell? Why is he taking – what the hell? Uh, he's taking seven shots. I didn't like that. So let's see how they bounce back. Um, anywho, um, all right. This is a big week in New York coming up, man. Oh, yeah. It returns uh, home, and I know a lot of places have been called home in the world of wrestling, but I feel like when you think of wrestling, MSG, more so than just New York City, is what is synonymous with WWE. And it returns for the first time in a decade, Raw and SmackDown are going to be in MSG. Yeah, I was actually there the last time they had TV at the Garden. It was... uh... November of 09, it was an episode of Raw. And um, for them to, you know, there's various reasons why they don't come to the Garden. Every year they run uh, several house shows. But the reason, I guess, they don't do pay-per-view or TV is because it's simply, they won't make a profit. Because it's a a matter of, it it costs a lot to run TV through the Garden. Um, And I guess I understand, you know, from a financial reason, they have their reasons for not doing it. But sometimes, you know, all things considered, you have to bring it back once in a while because there's too much history there. There's too much prestige. The Garden is still a huge name in the world of entertainment. You know, everybody knows the Garden or has heard of the Garden. So, um, you know, it's uh, and at the same time, Nick, also remember, this is the first year that they allowed, well, not that they allowed, but they had no choice. Somebody else came and performed in their backyard. You were there. Um, the the G one show, so you so you know what once that card was played, they they had to come back quick with something else. So they're like, okay, well, we're gonna show them that it's still our arena, you know. I'm gonna be curious to see what it's gonna look like because I was baffled at the G one special that they did at the Garden as to how packed it really was. Yeah, and remember that was without the Young Bucks and Cody and Omega because they had already made their commitment to AEW. And it was also on a weekend where, you know, you had the Hall of Fame also same night. Yeah, right. It was sandwiched in between WrestleMania, the you know, the Super Bowl of wrestling, and also NXT. Uh, yeah, man. It was it was very impressive, dude. And that was my first quote-unquote indie show for me. You know, yeah. I might be a little uh, off with this analysis, but if you're not WWE, you're kind of an indie to me. Um. I know now you can't really say that with AEW being on TV and, and New Japan Pro Wrestling, but I just think that you're an indie when it's like that. And it was it was super impressive. So I'm excited. My boy Stone Cold's going to be there. Yeah. Uh, do you have your tickets or are you is, – is, is, is it going to be a, a decision the day of to make the uh... – So here's the thing. It's – yeah, you know, but I have to keep it on the wraps. Um, I might be getting tickets to this. Just waiting. Right. It's mm-hmm. also on my favorite Monday Night Football night of the year. Oh, wow. It's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, the yeah. doubleheader. Right. It's the doubleheader night. Um, yeah. I'm curious. Here's a conversation to have. Do you think they got Stone Cold to come back because of that reason? Could be. I feel like, well, from what I heard, you know, some inside information that I heard, Ticket sales were very low for, for this uh, event. Not, not not just Raw, but SmackDown as well. So in order to drum up a little more business and a more um, movement with ticket sales, they advertised Stone Cold for Monday, and then Undertaker will be appearing on Tuesday. 
Um, so, you know, it's not, not really a move out of desperation, but more of a strategic placement, I guess. They figure, okay, well, tickets are sales are low. As any promoter would, you're, you're going to try to, you know, get fans to wake up and see, like, okay, you know, Snowfall's going to be there. You know, now it's like, because once they made that announcement, my phone was kind of like blowing up, like my cousins and all that. They were like, hey, you know, are you going? Like, you know, should we should get tickets. Because, you know, it's like, Raw happens every week, but how often do you, do you get a chance to see Stone Cold in person? You know, it's um, that in itself is an event, right? Man, you you always told me from when I didn't go to Barclays when he returned for the, uh, was it the 25 year? Yeah, Raw 25, yeah. And you're like, bro, how we, we're not going to have many of these left. Like, you got to go to this thing. And, you know, the whole time uh, I was concerned about the double, the double show, not that not happening and whatnot but all right um clash of champions is the next pay-per-view on the menu uh we got a couple of things that are going towards there i want to run through some of raw and smackdown um kind of uh, i feel like you've been picking baron corbin the whole time like he's going to be king of the ring is that what you're still sticking with absolutely corbin man i feel like he's going all the way I just feel like he's somebody who is consistently getting pushed, whether it's um, just as himself, reinvented himself as the constable, then the the GM of Raw. It's like it seems like they always have something good lined up for him. And, you know, we've spoken about this. The King of the Ring, by design, it is the heels event to win. You know, so I feel like Corbin definitely, out of all the heels that are left in the tournament, you know, it's um, smart money. I, I would say right now is on Corbin. I feel like, although right now it's interesting because you have Samoa Joe and Ricochet who both advanced because of their finish. So it's going to be a triple thread between Corbin, Joe, and Ricochet at the Garden. And then on the other side of the bracket, you have um, is it is it Gabe, is Chad Gable and Elias, I believe. Uh, yeah. And yeah. very shocking because I kind of figured it'd be Ali and Andrade over on SmackDown, mm-hmm. and yeah, I got that, the complete, that's what I, was thinking, yeah. I got the complete opposite on that end. Um, let, let, let's stay with the Raw theme. Um, man, are people starting to get soured on Becky Lynch? Because people were way too excited when she got hit with that chair. Yeah, man. It, it, it reminded me of when Charlotte attacked Ronda and they thought that like that was going to, you know, like they just like it's almost like the reaction they expect sometimes is the complete opposite of what goes down. I do feel like, you know, Becky's time as being that hot character. Don't, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. She's still, you know, she's what she is. But when she caught fire last year from the time she turned at SummerSlam to, I would say, WrestleMania, was the climax of that. Like, she was untouchable. You know, she could do no wrong, say no wrong. Everything was on. The crowd was behind her. Not that they're not that they're not behind her now, but I feel like, you know, once you fully turn babyface and all that, you know, there's other, there's other factors involved, like the relationship with the Rollins. You know, not everybody's going to be feeling that. That could be a little cringeworthy. And it's just like, you know, it's... She's becoming easier to boo because you know, after you've been on top for so long, people get either get tired of you or it's just natural to to want to do the heel. And in this case, you know, with Bailey, you know, Bailey with that heel turn, you know, I have to ask: Did you see that coming? Are you surprised by that? 
I was kind of surprised, and the reason why is because we've just wanted it to happen for so long, or, or for there to be, uh, you know, the the Sasha and Bailey rekindling of that takeover match that everyone holds to high regards. And look, it was yeah. a fantastic match. I remember being there live, my first exposure really to NXT, and it was tremendous. But yo. I got to give it another week, man, because it still didn't do, like, anything for me for how I feel about Bailey. Yeah, and, you know, I think um, as solid as Bailey is in the ring, and, you know, her mic work is it's decent at best, you know, the next man on SmackDown, she came out, and it's like nothing really changed about her approach, her demeanor, her character. It's like it's the same old Bailey, but just now she just happens to be feuding with Becky, who's the biggest face of the division. So it's like, in a traditional sense, when when you turn heel, a lot of things change. You know, a lot of times, just different facets of your character, different elements and layers of your character change. And with Bailey, it's just like, it's all the same. So it doesn't really feel like, well, it felt like a turn on a Monday. But by the time we got to SmackDown, it was like, well, simple Bailey, she's just getting booed now instead of, you know, cheered and she's fighting different um, uh, opponents. But, you know, like, Sasha, that was, you know, that was a heel turn. That was, like, every, like, her look changed, her, her promo skills, like, just kind of went on, like, a different level of, an, of like, um, not intensity, like, conviction, I would say. You know, that that's the difference. I feel like Sasha really went and took the ball and ran with it as far as her turn went. Yeah, Sasha's was uh, completely different because, you know, it was also, like, if you look at the circumstances – Natty almost a year to the day she's honoring her dad and then she came out and kind of did that it was kind of a it was very attitude errory where they kind of jumped into storylines and whatnot too that are right like, you know breaking kayfabe um all right uh what else do we have here looking at this all right like viking raiders can we stop just beating up on joe bears yeah man it feels like they rarely have a chance to show what they got uh, against actual opponents, you know, they're just, I understand the concept of you know, having guys like that establish themselves and destroy guys every week, but, you know, we, we've kind of seen it like 12, 13 times now. I feel like it's time for, uh, just give them somebody, feed them like a, a top-level tag team and, you know, just not destroy them, but, you know, they have to mix it up with other talent. You know, I know last week they had that gauntlet match where, they got disqualified with Gallows and Anderson. So, you know, it doesn't say much if you just beat up jobbers every week. You know, that grows old really quickly. Like, that that happened, like, with Ryback. For, like, a year, they had him kill jobbers, and it was like, can we get something else, you know? Yeah, it's just like you can only do it for so long, man. Would you um Would you be interested in pairing them with anyone, like a faction? Could be. I mean, I feel like a team like that, because they don't really talk, um, they could use a manager. If managers are even a thing now in 2019, it feels like, now that I think about it, aside from Paul Heyman, who, who really has, you know, any, who really is managing anybody, but um, it wouldn't hurt, you know, associating them with, with like another act that's uh, either over or about to get over, you know, could it couldn't hurt them. Yeah, I, I just need something more from them. It's just it's kind of be grown stale and whatnot. Um, 
All right. Anything else from Monday Night Raw? Man, my biggest takeaway aside from the ending. Um, did you see the Bray Wyatt Firefly Funhouse? I didn't. I missed it. What What should oh, I go back and watch? It was like because it, it, it kind of pulled back the curtain a little bit, and it um, it it, it, it touched on the rumor. Well, now it's not a rumor anymore, but it touched on because there was a rumor that. Uh, Bray Wyatt was going to challenge the winner of Rollins Strowman at Hell in a Cell. And he just um, made reference to that. And he had, like, the Vince McMahon puppet and how, um, like, Vince was kind of, like, going crazy in, like, the, the promo. And Bray Wyatt started feeding him money because he's, like, their new cash cow. Because um, after SummerSlam, his merch sales and, like, his mask is selling, his shirts are selling. He's making the company a lot of money right now. So they really uh, drove home that point. And it was very, like, it was interesting. It was very tongue-in-cheek, very, uh, um, I, I suggest, you know, if you haven't watched it, you should. It was very, it was kind of different from the other Firefly Fallen Houses. It was very, it had a different tone to it. But it was still dark. It was still bright. And um, I, I just thought it was funny how he made reference of, like, in, like inside stuff that the casual fan may not know about. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got to go back and watch that because I I've really liked the Bray Wyatt stuff. I've done a complete 180 on his whole Firefly Funhouse gimmick, and it seems to have been catching on. Hey, if he got top merch sales like that, that's that's super impressive, man. Um, all right, let's move on over to SmackDown, and yo, I don't know what they could do with the women's division, but like you kind of see the same names going at it, kind of like Charlotte attacks Becky, and then Bailey attacks Becky, like. You know, I really like that. I like that finishing move that Sonya and Mandy did. That looked yeah, like... Yeah, That was a good move. Yo, there was a team in ECW that used to do that move. Mm. Kind of similar. It's like the one guy would do like a spinning like toe kick, take out your calves. Oh, um, the Eliminators. Was it the Eliminators? Yeah, it was uh, Perry Saturn and Jean Cronus. Yes, that was, um, yes, yes. Total elimination. Oh, I mean, that was brutal. I've seen some videos where... They used to kill guys with that. <laughs> Man, I think you're... Oh, yes, yes, that's exactly it. I'm looking. I just Googled it right now. Um, yeah, they used to, like, absolutely torch dudes when they would do that. Um, yeah, and that's what it kind of reminded me on of a little variation of it. Like, I know Mandy threw the knee. And, yo, not for nothing, like, everyone knows that I love the girl. Um, and she throws a pretty dope knee strike, too. Yeah, no, Mandy's very um, athletic, and she's also, you know, na- uh, naturally, you know, the more these these girls progress and they plan their craft on the road, you know, the, the more they work out shows and events. Because let's face it, they, they they don't get a lot of TV time. You know, if you're on SmackDown, and especially if you're a female talent, uh, your time is very limited because not everybody gets airtime on SmackDown. Or if they do, it's very little of it. So naturally, you know, you would hope that they are at least on the road. Uh, getting better every day, every week, and just um, sharpening their skills. And it seems like they're a little, they're getting more polished than what they were before, you know, because they're still re- re- relatively new to the business. Yeah, some of them have only been wrestling less than a handful of years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you really, if you look at the roster, male and female, there's a lot of talent there that has honestly less than ten years professionally, maybe less than that. You know, it's uh. It is definitely a young man's and a young woman's sport, from what I from what I see. No, no disrespect to the OGs, 
they still have it on lock. But, you know, as far as uh, being there every week, I mean, it, you know, right now, the average age of a superstar is like 28, I believe, 29 maybe. So... Man, there's there's a lot. There's a lot of talent. Like I've just like Alistair Black just came back for the first time. I know Nakamura won the IC title, but I feel like I just saw him for the first time uh-huh. in a while. And and uh, they just right before we went on the air, they just confirmed that um, they will be hosting another draft. Be right before they go on Fox. Is is, is that too much though? I feel like they 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 just had one, and then they changed the rules with like the wild card stuff, and now it's like okay now gonna have another draft is that is that overkill it is overkill and i think that they're just being at this point they're just trying to really yo if i had a chance to talk to people at wwe i would tell them hey no one really watches anything live anymore like Uh. stop worrying yo ratings are an ancient artifact that's what it's become dude i can't tell you like the the show that i watch right now on tv is power Right. Do you know right. about Power? Yeah, of course. Um, I didn't watch it Sunday night when it was like live, quote unquote. Uh-huh. Like I watched it Tuesday morning. You know. Yeah. And- now, for, for 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 that show and maybe for other shows, are are you a binge watcher or do you like just kind of like here and there, just catch episodes like here and there? No. So like uh, for the most part, I I'm at my TV eight o'clock on Sunday, uh-huh. but. Due to circumstances being it was a long weekend and I was out Sunday night. Like, I'm just saying that for me personally, as a big sports fan, sports is the only thing that I can't rewatch unless it's an outrageous scenario like the Rams played the Chiefs and they scored over 100 points. Or it's like my team won the Super Bowl, which I've watched both giant Super Bowls many, many times. You know, I watched the Game 7 Warriors-Cavs when LeBron blocked Iguodala. Like, it needs to be an outrageous circumstance. And even so, Ernie, those are, like, months later where I'm Uh going back and, like, damn, son, you know, football's kicking up. Let me watch that wild-ass Monday Night Football game. Of course, I just think that it's become ancient to thinking of what, what rating you're getting. And I think things like the draft, things like getting this... Raw reunion for no reason in Tampa Bay and just everything is just to drive ratings. And I think that that's become something that's kind of ancient. Yeah. I mean, especially when you consider that back in the day, it was, um, we didn't have options such as like TiVo and stuff like that, or like, you know, recording it and watching it later. Streaming wasn't even a thing, you know? So it it was like, if if you couldn't watch, I remember back in the day, if I knew that I wasn't going to be able to watch something ahead of time, you would pop in a tape and record it on VHS and watch it later. You know, times have really changed, but it's just a matter of, no, you're right. I mean, times are different, and it's like they can't look at ratings as the measuring stick anymore of what product is doing better than the other. There's other factors, sure. It's like, you know, you have to who's drawing more money, which shows are getting better ticket sales, merch sales. There's other avenues of looking at business. But as far as ratings, I feel like, man, even myself, a lot of times I don't watch Raw live. I'll watch it like the next day or the day after, or you know. And there's so many different ways to watch it. You know, product product is not getting consumed the way it used to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like people watch it on their phones. I don't know if they get a rating, like if a rating is 
accounted for if you're watching it on your device, mobile devices, tablets, whatever. I just think that in 2019, there's so many different ways to consume content. And I think just a, a ratings grade isn't the be-all, end-all anymore. Now, Nick, I have to ask you, I really wanted to pick your brain at this real quick. Do you think that the product today, let's just say wrestling, for example, since, since that's what we're talking about, do you think it's too easily accessible? Like, if you miss Raw, you could catch up on it, like, right away. Like, the next day, you can go on Hulu, you can go on YouTube. Like, there's other ways. Or is it, like, should they scale back and have it, like, you know what? If you, because it, it's not must-see, is what I'm saying. And like, you know, it's like there's other options of watching it. If they were to just have it on TV, and that's it. Like, just not put the show on YouTube right away, not have it streamed to all these different platforms, even though they have deals in place. I feel like maybe if they were to scale back and kind of present it in like a different way, people would want to tune in and watch more because it's like they won't have that option of watching the full show after the fact. Yeah, that could be it. I also because that's kind of how sporting you know because that's how sporting events are. It's like you can't really watch the game right after because it's um it's only aired once, maybe a replay after the fact on a different channel, but. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you don't even need to wait too long. Like, someone has screen recorded something and it's on Twitter. Or, you know, yeah. I'm pretty sure the YouTube channel has highlights by, like, midnight for us right. in the East Coast. So, yeah. dude, we're just a society, again, that wants shit right away. And if it goes past the allowed time that we have put in our minds that it becomes, quote-unquote, old news... Yeah. We just move on. So, and plus, we've gotten so used to watching content that with no commercials, and it's almost like we've become a really spoiled uh, generation for consuming content. Oh yeah, that's a fact. And if we don't get it all at once, like, yo, do you watch any shows on Netflix? Um, documentaries here and there, but not really shows. I have Netflix, but uh. Rarely do I dip into it. I'm more of a like really honestly. I'm 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 on the network so much because of all the content that they put out. Right. It's almost like you know. Well, the reason why I bring that up is because one thing I would have done if I was controlling Netflix or something along the lines of that is, mm. why not instead of you know so like most notably about a week and a half ago, Thirteen Reasons Why dropped season three. And I feel like if I was Netflix or the creator of this series, instead of dropping it all Friday night and you being able to binge watch it the whole time, why not drop an episode a day? Give people yeah. a chance to... You still get it in a short amount of time. You're not spreading it out over 13 weeks or 14 yeah. weeks. That's how many episodes were in this past season. But like over 14 days. And this way, 13 Reasons Why is in the headlines and in the storylines of social media and y your friend group. It's like, yo, I can't believe that show ended like this. I can't wait for tomorrow's episode. And it's like every right. midnight, every night, bam, a new episode. Cause then also instead of like dropping it all at once and then for it trending for X amount of time, it's basically trending throughout the entire run of like them dropping the, you know, you're spoon feeding the episodes every day. So that's also into consideration as well. It stays, it becomes a, a hot topic for much longer. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I just think that it just stays relevant. Like you said, 
it becomes uh-huh. a hot topic and it's it, it keeps the conversation going about your piece over the next couple of uh next couple of days yeah and it's also a good way to promote it because if you have if you drop it all at once you know it's gonna be trending for you know a couple of days but then if it's like every day you see it it's like okay maybe by the fourth episode you're like what's everybody talking about and then you kind of catch on so yeah all right i think this is a good place for us to stop um I hope you guys enjoyed the beginning of the episode, kind of opened up to all of you and let you guys know what's going on with everything. With that being said, it's at The Lamb Show on all social media outlets. Ernie? 3RN11E on Instagram as well as Twitter. And uh, guys, you know, um, hit us up on social media. Let us know. Give us some feedback, what you think of the show, what you think of uh, uh, just today's episode and like just the recent changes to the show, maybe what you would like to see moving forward. We really want to hear what you guys have to say as well, you know, because it's your show at the end of the day. So let us know uh, how you feel and what's up. At the Jerks Pod is where you can find us. And for those of you that were Patreon members, once again, please get in touch with one of us and we'll catch you guys next week.